Hey creeps, it's Katie. And Nate. We just wanted to drop a quick trigger warning for this two-part episode on Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. Uh, there's extreme uh, sexual violence towards children and uh, adults as well. So if you're not into that, this isn't for you. We just want to make sure you guys know what we're giving you and what you're getting into in return. And this is probably one of the worst guys that we will cover. Except for you ladies that, for some reason, could sleep at night with all that crazy <laughs> shit. Go to bed with fucking murder in the background. This might be for you. Shout out to my snap girls. <laughs> but just wanted to give you that heads up and we hope you enjoy. Uh, yeah. Night, night. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Hey, creepy crawlers. I'm Katie. I'm Nate. And this is Case of the Creeps. You know, after a long night of creeping through people's bushes and peeking in windows and gnawing on rocks. To get my teeth just ever so crumbly. <laughs> I like to sit down with a with a questionnaire, you know, like in the magazines. <laughs> and man, you know, my favorite one is from Answer Me, issue number four. I'm gonna go through them. So, uh, See what, what we got here. Let's see. Favorite sports? Hmm. Rugby, football, boxing. Hmm. Favorite music? <laughs> Heavy metal, of course. None of that pussy country shit. Nah, not for this Satan-loving, rock-tooth man of God. Just kidding, Satan. Woo! <laughs> Favorite actress? Oh man, that. I'm going to go with Samantha Strong on that one. For sure. Samantha Strong on that one. Favorite vacation spots? Hmm. Cabo? No. Uranus! Oh, yeah! Whoo! Whoo! I can't wait for somebody to find that in a doctor's office when they're reading through this magazine. Favorite food? Women's feet. Favorite color? Well, what color is blood? Red! <laughs> Pastimes. What would my pastimes be? Hmm. Think, Richard. Think. Hmm. Traveling and <laughs> measuring coffins, of course. <clears throat> so my biggest like. My biggest like. Would it be uh, sunsets? Nah, no. Nah. That's, that's too pussy. Would it be long walks on the beach? No. You know what? I'm just going to go with cocaine. <laughs> My biggest dislikes, fucking hypocrites, and authority of case. Of course, authority. Fuck, fuck pigs. Make a wish, make a wish to have my finger on a nuclear trigger device. God, that just turns my crank. Mm. Uh, what do all you look for in a girl besides me? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with nice ass and good legs. Because they're almost one and the same. They're part of each other. Perfect way to spend a date. Well, of course, uh, moonlit night, drinking rum at a cemetery. Duh. God. Richard, Richard, Richard. Perfect. Oh, hold on. Oh, wait. I already read that one. Describe yourself. Fucking asshole. Proud of it. Hell yeah. Proud of that shit. Motto. Hmm. Live each day as if it were your last. God damn, Richard, you're good. <laughs> See, if you like a girl, how do you get a girl to notice you? Hmm. <laughs> pull out your gun. Of course you pull out your gun. How else are you going to just rape them? <laughs> you don't get raped any other way, do you? God, Richard, I love you. <laughs> You're just... Mm. I have a bruise on my shoulder from patting myself so hard at how good I am at these questions. 
Ah, uh, what's one thing you'd change about yourself? Not a goddamn thing except where I'm at, because goddammit, Richard. Here, look at you. Look at yourself with your long, greasy mullet and your razor-like teeth as if you flossed with barbed wire. God damn, you're a handsome gentleman. Uh, how's life changed as a result of your success? Mm, privacy is a thing of the past. <coughs> hmm. What is my message to my fans? Lock your doors and your windows. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Keep your spirit strong. Keep your spirit strong. Ah, <laughs> uh, I love a good question in there. <laughs> Good night, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Alright, that's it. That's the show. Thanks that's for <laughs> I did my time here. We are closing it for good. Oh, we're dying. <laughs> no more. Chris Pie Five on that one, bro. That was fucking great. <laughs> that was. <laughs> that was the man himself. The man. <laughs> these, these are all things he said. <laughs> these are all things he said. I don't have to do anything. <laughs> these are all things he said. In a question, I just picture him in a lounge. He like gets home after rape. He's like, I'm gonna sit down with this cold Budweiser. Fucking <laughs> oh, Cosmo. <laughs> I wonder if they got a new question. Probably stole it from some old lady. He fucking just broke into her house. <laughs> Well, hello! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Case of the Creeps. I am Katie. I'm, <laughs> I'm Nick. I tried so hard to get his accent down, but he's like, <clears throat> he's like a hippie, like a Spanish hippie, oh and it God. came out <laughs> like I was a redneck. <laughs> I know he's like, hey, but what's weird because he's originally from Texas. He is originally from Texas. So we're going, but his whole family is from Mexico. But I could talk like this and it'd be it's kind of racist. <laughs> well. <laughs> he sounded nothing like that either. Like, no, he didn't. We are back in our creepy cave after our two-parter of Salem. And guess what? We're jumping into the next two-parter tonight. Like, what the fuck is against me. It's, it's, it's Pogo Riley. <laughs> We've got a full house with us tonight, guys, in the form of furry babies. We've got Kami Cat Luna, Fat Boy Atlas, and Pogo Riley here, too. <laughs> We've got the whole house. And Dobby. And Dobby. Dobby's here, too. See how fat he is now? Like, look at him. Look at just him. prime, man. Look, I'm so proud Seeing of him. He's just living his best life. He's like, wait until you see the size of the poop I make on the I rock. know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I still can't get over. He tried to poop on me the other day. <laughs> Okay, but before we get into that topic, we're going to do our normal business before because we've got some super exciting announcements for you guys. First and foremost, if you guys are on our social media at all, you have seen our announcement that we're doing our first giveaway. And the way that you can be a part of this giveaway is if you have any fan art from any of our past episodes, P.S. Bigfoot Erotica will be pushed to the top. Uh, if you have... Shit, just saying. You show me a thick-ass skunk ape. <laughs> that motherfucker's winning. <laughs> that motherfucker's... I'm tickling feet. <laughs> if you send us in your Halloween decorations in your house to see how spooky you really are, or if you are part of our Facebook private group, Case of the Creeps Podcast, and you invite members in that actually join all the way through you will be submitted in for the giveaway as well you can send in everything to caseofthecreeps at gmail.com we will be pulling the winner on october 1st so be prepared for that guys i'm super excited if you are pulled you win our first t-shirt oh. ever and our first sticker Fuck we're getting somewhere i'm so excited we are so I, I just looked again. I looked at today because it gives obviously notifications. Yeah. We in the last I think in the last seven in the, in the last seven days we've reached uh, <laughs> weird number uh, four hundred and forty four people. <gasps> That's my spirit number. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's so cool. I've been seeing four 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 everywhere this week. That is so freaking cool. Play the lotto. 
I should play, play them numbers. I never, I never play them play numbers. numbers. I never play the lottery. Yeah, neither. I just quick pick it. And then, Do you really? And I'm like, God damn it! Every time I <laughs> fuck, wake up, broke again. <laughs> broke again. Life isn't changed. But so we have that giveaway. Also, reminder, we are on Patreon as well at patreon.com forward slash case of the creeps. We have three different tiers that you can be a part of and everyone is getting their stuff this weekend. So yay for that. Also, Nate just said it. We're growing in numbers like crazy here recently. We were I was playing a game with Nate the other day through text. I was like, send me a state. You pick a state and I would read off the numbers of how many people are listening in that state and we are all over the place so really just thank you guys so much it's so cool and you guys get a slow clap for that one yes as if clapping that fat round bigfoot bottom (laughs) (laughs) so thank you guys so much for that and because of that number growth we are now going to be doing our second live event. Let's fucking go. I am so excited. It's going to have all the spooky vibes. Um, we're going to be covering a topic that if you are in our private group, we'll be able to vote on. They are going to be, what are our creepy ones? The Black Eyed Children. Mm-hmm. Um, the Water Babies of Massacre Rock. Yes. And then... Which is- fucked up i saw just a little bit and i was like wow okay and then we are also going to pick two killers which are going to be rod farrell the vampire killer who is actually here in florida and you heard me right florida man Woo! he was <laughs> a florida vampire guys I saw, I saw a florida man this morning really oh i almost hit him with the truck oh at no like fucking four o'clock this morning going oh to my god our other choice of killer is going to be the Golden State Killer. Let's go. So you guys will be able to vote on that. Whichever one's the winner is the one that we're covering our live. Where you can watch that live is on our public Facebook page, Case of the Creeps. It's not- <laughs> I was not expecting that one. <laughs> Sir. That is just it as disgraceful so as me sneezing. How dare you? To go say something just came out. Are you kidding me? Oh my god! I can't even. Jesus Christ! God. I'm on one tonight. You are not allowed to get at me for sneezing tonight because that was disgraceful. I don't even remember where we are. I will try. (laughs) You can find our live events. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you can watch our live event. It'll be on October 22nd at 8 p.m. You can find it on our Facebook public page, Case of the Creeps podcast. And again, it'll be 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we hope to see you guys in there. We're so excited to be able to do this again. And maybe we'll do some fun stuff in between our stuff. We'll figure it out. I'm excited. So again, huge thanks to everyone truly for sticking with us and going on this journey. You guys are just the bones to our skeleton, the bees to our knees, the casket to our gravesite. We love you guys, you bunch of creeps. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so with the business out of the way, our topic tonight is truly terrifying. And it is going this to... This absolute piece of fucking dog shit. And before we say anything else, we did already say it was going to be a two-parter, but I also want to throw in there in plenty of advance notice, trigger warning, guys. Ramirez is probably one of the worst criminals out there right next to Bundy and Gacy, the big hitters. This man's crimes involved women, children, men, sexual assault, murder, rape. He's climbing in your windows. He's snatching your people love and trying to rape them so you better hide your kids. Hide your wife. Because he's raping everybody out here. Oh, my God. Okay. This guy was extremely unpredictable and was on a huge rampage through California, and his name is Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. So, are you ready to pop this case? Oh, fucking Jaws himself. (laughs) This dude's fucking mouth. Every time I see him, it bothers the fuck out of me. I cut my fingernails. God damn it. Okay, I'm good. 
Ooh, that was a good one. Don't you dare. You cheers me, fool. I got some on the mic. Ramirez. It's okay. Uh. Disgusting. There was debris on that one. Ew. Yeah, it was mostly debris. That's why there's no sound. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Okay, so in this part, we are going to be covering the childhood and events that helped mold this guy into the killer cocktail that he was, and just a taste of the the few of the murders that he committed, so we're just going to jump right in. Now, Richard Ramirez, aka the Night Stalker, which is the one that stuck, but there was also the Midnight Intruder, the Valley Intruder, the Walk-In Killer... And the screen door killer. And the sneaking butthole tickler. <laughs> he yeah. didn't do that. No. No, he I mean, didn't. he did stuff to buttholes. I mean, he did. I don't know if it was... Might not have been buttholes. Might not have been. I don't think they really go into how he did it. Which I'm uh, glad. Me too. I don't want to know. <laughs> they already have gave us a lot of detail as is, and that was enough. <laughs> it's like, could you imagine in court, like... <laughs> the, fucking, the fucking lawyer's like, click, 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 puts his papers together. Mr. Ramirez... <laughs> Is it true? <laughs> oh my God, sir! <laughs> that you and I quote rim jobbed him. <laughs> oh my God! Well, you know, this is a free country, man. Yeah, <laughs> I'll rim job Got something it. in my teeth. I'll, fuck you, pigs! I'll rim job whatever I want. Well, he was born on February 29th of 1960 in El Paso, Texas. Fucking hippies. And was the youngest. <laughs> And was the youngest of five kids to Julian and Mercedes Ramirez. And his childhood wasn't exactly great nor easy. His father, Julian, was a former Juarez Mexican police officer. And his mother, Mercedes, worked in a boot factory, even while pregnant with all of the kids. Which a lot of people theorize that his mother was actually inhaling a lot of dangerous chemicals while working there. Which may have altered the brain's chemistry of the kids. And that's... I was talking about last night watching that uh, that Jeffrey Dahmer one. Mm. It, it he went under anesthesia, but this was I mean, granted, this she he was unborn, but he went under anesthesia, and it caused some sort of brain damage. Which I mean, it's they don't really say what caused what happened, but it's probably more understood that his brain with the, went without oxygen for mm-hmm. quite a while, Too long. and it fucking triggered it fucked him up yeah and it's the same thing here he, he was inside of his fucking mom and she's like huffing asbestos all day like, for real the baby's like, mm, like uh, comes out. i could really born i could really go for a marble red <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> well they theorized that it altered the brain's chemistry of, of all the unborn children and it all gave them bone defects as well which could explain the really jacked up teeth too <laughs> Plus, you got weak ankles. <laughs> you born. My mom inhaled a lot of stuff when she was pregnant with Look, me. Look, guys, right? I can't play football. I have really weak shins. <laughs> <laughs> I have the bone density of a boiled carrot. <laughs> uh, plus, their father and grandfather were known for fits of anger and would abuse everyone in the house whenever they were set off. But if that wasn't enough, he also endured two head injuries when he was a small child, too. It's a huge... That's... Once again, back to the brain damage. It's it's a huge thing that you see in all these people because uh, a lot of them were fucking beat as kids. Mm-hmm. And they received, like, major fucking concussions and brain damage. And uh, back then, like, nobody gave a shit. Nope. So, especially, like, in the 60s. So, you got Dahmer with the fucking anesthesia... Fucking Richard Ramirez gets a dog shit beat out of him. You got fucking John Wayne Gacy. His dad beat the dog shit out of him. Fucking Ed, or Ed Kemper. His mom. His fucking... All of them have a history of multiple head injuries mm-hmm. as children. And it they say they just one day turned after these head injuries. And it just progressively got worse after. They were like normal people at one point in time. Or children, I should say, and then after these head injuries is when it, it progressively got worse. I was like, maybe I should go fucking choke that cat. Yes. Well, when he was only two years old, a dresser fell on top of Ramirez. Jesus Christ. And cut into his head so deep, it took 30 stitches to I, close up. I, I, I read that. Oh, it was insane. Yeah. But then again, when he was five years old, he was knocked completely unconscious while at the park by a swing. So that bitch must have hit him 
full fucking force, like, in a sweet fucking spot. And we know back in the day, like, shit was built to last. Uh-huh. <laughs> that motherfucker was made of rebar and steel. And fucking... it was after this injury that he started to actually experience epileptic seizures that would continue throughout his childhood until he was about 10 years old. And that is when he tried marijuana for the first time. At 10 years old, his seizures stopped. And a lot of people say it's because he started smoking marijuana. I believe that statement fully it, because I, it is a healing plant. I, I watched uh, a thing on a guy. He had Parkinson's and it was fucking really bad. And they, he wasn't smoking it, but they were given, he was taking all this medication and it was, it didn't do anything really for him for the tremors. But then they started dropping THC oil under his tongue and within minutes it was, he would like go from violently shaking to almost not shaking at all. Was he sitting on a couch? Yep. I saw that it was fucking same nuts, right? freaking video. Yeah, yes, that blew my mind. But okay, so, and also right around this time is when things start to shift in Ramirez as well. Now, as we said before, Lil Richie, as he was called by family members and friends, had a rough childhood thanks to his father and grandfather abusing him and his siblings on the daily, and he didn't exactly have a good role model to look up to amongst anyone really either. He was beaten by his dad and granddad and was allegedly tied to a crucifix at one time by his father. His brother Reuben was arrested for stealing a car and developing a glue sniffing habit. Yeah. His brother. Hell Ryan, yeah. Give me that. Fu- I want that fucking Elmer's. None I was of that just going to say, <laughs> give me the Elmer's. None of that pussy gorilla bullshit. <laughs> his other brother, Robert, also developed a drug problem. Joseph and Ruth were there, too, but they seemed to be the only somewhat normal siblings. However, Ruth didn't exactly marry into the right side, So, but we'll get into that here in a minute, This too. was also, like, the fucking 60s and yes. 70s. But then, there was Cousin Miguel. And it was around this time hey, that... Hey, Mikey! <laughs> Ramirez was 12 years old when he started hanging out with his cousin Miguel, Mike, Mar- Ramirez. Now, Mike was not a good guy. He was a By decor- any means, this guy was a fucking real piece of shit. He was. He, no, no rhyme miss, or reason for him to exist. It fucking, it always goes back, not only the head injuries, <laughs> but fucking, and I, I want, I fucking want Wanda to come on a podcast, mm-hmm. because she's fucking brilliant and all that psychology shit, mm-hmm. and it can give a better insight than I would ever just be babble like a caveman, but <laughs> <laughs> was a fucking, see, where was I? Oh yeah, hip. <laughs> It, the nature versus nurture. His dad was a piece of shit. His fucking grandpa was a piece of shit. His fucking mom was as best as written. <laughs> and he had all the. His brother was a drug addict. His brother was a drug addict. Fucking sister was a drug addict. And then you got fucking Mikey coming into play. It was like his only like father figure. <clears throat> and it, on terms of father figures, this guy. I'd rather have a chimp that smokes cigarettes teach me how to live. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a fuck. He was. He was a decorated Green Beret combat veteran from the Vietnam War, which sounds great. However, he was there for more than just fighting the good fight. It would later be said that he was one of the main influences in Ramirez when he was an adult doing his disgusting deeds as well. Miguel would spend hours showing Ramirez Polaroid photos of him in Vietnam, decapitating people, raping Vietnamese women, and telling stories of the torture and mutilation he would cause while overseas. And he... he it, it, the pictures he would show would be of him raping these women and him and his fucking Green Beret buddies uh, dismembering and decapitating and fucking just all around torture. The same way that they, not saying that they didn't do it too, but to keep Polaroids of it. It was like, you, hey, like trophies. My, hey, hey, Richie, you come look what I get. Hey, look, this one fucking time, <laughs> this fucking... This slant-eyed motherfucker, <laughs> he, like, he tried to sneak into our village, but you know what we did? We shoved the fucking bazooka right up his bazooka. asshole. I don't know why I made him New York. I was going to say, you <laughs> went north, man. Hey, hey, Richie. We, we, <laughs> me and my buddies, we took turns and we took some bamboo sticks and we fucking beat him in his ankles real hard like. <laughs> like, like we were just like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, tell me like, more. More, more. You got any more of them nude photos? You know, he was like. Hey, you got some more beer and 
pot and sugar and shit. <laughs> he was hugely influenced by this fucking sack of dicks. He would talk in the, how in the Vietnamese culture, it was believed that if the body lost any part, the soul would not be able to cross over to heaven. And this brought much joy to Miguel, stating it made me feel like a god myself choosing their fate. <laughs> All to the twelve-year-old Ramirez, who would who would just be fascinated with the talk. This is when he also starts to fuse sex with violence, which is a common seeing thing we see in these fucked up guys and their thought process, mixing pain with pleasure. And he would even start to get sexually aroused during these discussions too. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> his cousin, hey, Richard, you got a boner, man? He's like, what the hell? No, <laughs> pretty sure you, pretty sure you got a boner right now. Not only did Miguel show Ramirez all of this and glorify his wrongdoings overseas, he also taught Ramirez the lesson of, quote, jungle warfare, which is where the lessons were how to be invisible in the night with stealth, how to dress while stalking in the night in all black, how to break into a home silently, just adding to the cocktail mix of the night stalker in the making. This would They would sit and train for hours while smoking copious amounts of weed and you know you know what's funny is despite and you know it kind of makes me think that fucking old mikey was full mikey mikey was full of fucking shit in what he was teaching because if if you look at richard ramirez's crimes he, there was nothing really stealthy about it. He'd be like, boom, like kicking a fucking door. And like, you know what I mean? It was like, surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> Just going to shoot him, like, step, 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 step. It was that, like, really other than, like, him, like, sneaking around and, like, pulling out himself in a bush. <laughs> like, it's like, I mean, little Mikey, you're looking at you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> little God, Mikey. Little me, Mikey. Little, me, little Richie. <laughs> like, little Richie. Like, you think that's what he called his penis? Uh, yeah, I do, actually. Because it was probably, he was Little Richie, and that was Baby Richie. He's <laughs> like, I'm, I'm Little Richie, and I got <laughs> Mushroom Richie. <laughs> <laughs> At 13, Richard started sneaking out of his home, thanks to his newfound skills, solely to escape the abuse from his father, and would go and sleep in the nearby cemetery, too. He's like, Danny, Danny. <laughs> Finding comfort in the solitude and blanket of the night. Riley, what is going on, girl? I picture him rolling out of a window. He's like, thud. His dad's like, what the hell is that? <laughs> like, what the fuck? He's like, laying on the ground. Uh, his dad would give a fuck if he stuck out at night. You think his dad gave a shit? No. He's, but I also think that's where he got his authority <coughs> problems from. It's because his dad was a fucking cop. Yep. So, however... On May 4th of 1973, while Lil Richie was over at his beloved cousin's home for their normal murder training and talk, Miguel went went into a fit of rage against his wife, Jessie, who, Miguel, by the way, was married and had two kids, too. So, just good all-around family man there. He's a fucking good guy, man. <laughs> yeah. He fucking, so what, he fucking showed rape pictures of... Him in Vietnam it's and fine. dismemberments and it's smoked fine. copious amounts of weed and showed his cousin how to sneak around and jerk off in bushes. Wasn't that bad of a guy, honestly. I mean, God, not really, I mean not really, really I, I really want him to hang out with my kids, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was during this fit of rage that he and his wife, Jessie, were having over a, just a domestic dispute. I swear to God, you burnt the pinto beans again! <laughs> he grabbed his handgun and shot her in the face at point-blank range. He fucking had a Vietnam flashback. <laughs> Ramirez, I, I'm not laughing at no. the, that, because a good buddy of mine, his dad, was severely traumatized mm-hmm. by Vietnam. And also, I've also had friends that their dads were in Vietnam, and they're like, I fucking loved it! <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I was in Vietnam and I fucking loved it. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ! He's like telling us, telling us about how he like he was like st- his platoon was fucking starving and there was like monkeys everywhere. He's like, I fucking, he's fucking. Oh my god! So he mowed down the monkeys. He was like, that was the best <coughs> goddamn meat I've ever had. I said I wouldn't say anything. <laughs> you get one. Okay. It's like Spider Man. Okay. You get one. Okay. <laughs> okay. Ramirez was so close to them during this fight that he was actually covered in Jesse's blood after the shot and would later state, it wasn't a trauma for me, but more of a fascination. <clears throat> he he absolutely loved that shot. Oh, he probably had He probably was like, ah, I mean, there's a little bit of ringing in my ears. 
He's he's just truly fucking disgusting, man. Like he, he's, ugh, he's such fucking, a piece of shit. He granted the way he died sucks for a normal person. He deserved <clears throat> it. But he deserved worse. Oh, he deserved way he deserved worse, way but I'll take what he fuck, got. Cuz this fucking smug piece of shit. And you know what? The we'll get into it, but this fucking piece of fucking excrement. I he's one of the people like I look at him, I see interviews and I see fucking like the trial footage, and it just, I'm like, this motherfucker. just want to punch you, dude. Yeah, it's like, I want to fucking fist fight you. Just bare, give me bare knuckle. Fucking five. I'm sure there's a million people that feel the same way. It's like, fucking, I will beat the dog shit out of your scrawny, (laughs) fucking rotten tooth, graggly haired bitch. Absolutely. I fucking, I hate this motherfucker. I agree. Oh, he does No, just... His crimes alone, especially the fucking first ones. Ugh. This motherfucker. Okay. That shit really fucking. And we're gonna get. So Miguel was arrested for the get murder. The Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> Miguel was arrested for the murder of his wife, but would soon be, but would soon after be found not guilty due to reason of insanity and PTSD from the war, and would instead be sent to the Texas State Mental Hospital for a short time. A short time. <laughs> yeah, it's. Not fair. Yeah, it says in in it says several years, but that can be between fucking three and five. Yeah, short time. Short time, especially for that crime. But I mean, Vietnam was fucked up. Yeah, and we could do a fucking we could do a, a we could do weeks a whole worth yeah. series of fucking Vietnam. So after the shooting, Ramirez started to pull away from the family home and would later move in with his older sister Ruth and her husband Roberto. Now hey, you might be thinking, okay, maybe that's some normalcy coming from coming for Ramirez, but for this creep, there's no case of normalcy. Do you see what I did there? Did you see? Did you see what I did there? That was pretty good. It was good. I'm it? impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really proud of that. <laughs> he, he's like, hey, Ruth, uh, if you hear some rustling in the bushes, just don't, don't pay no attention. Do yeah, not. Don't, don't worry. Pay. What do you mean, Russell? No, no, no. Just hear me out. Just hear me out. Just hear me out. It's probably raccoons jerking off in the bush. I mean, I mean, not me at all. No, no. It's never. Not it's me. not me. And it's never me. It's not me. Why, She's like, why can you, are you, brush why are you sweating? Your, can you brush your teeth? <laughs> <laughs> Instead, Ramirez found a new friend in his brother-in-law, Roberto, and would sneak out late at night, just how Ricky liked it, <laughs> and would teach Oh, Ramirez. yeah! <laughs> hey, hey, uh, Ricky, you want to <laughs> you, you wanna go and hang out? She's like, are we going peeping again? Are we going peeping? <laughs> Hell yeah, we're going peeping. Yeah, we're going peeping. Fuck yeah, we're going peeping. High five. High five. His wife's standing there. She's like... Poor Ruth. Ruth's like, uh, this is where it comes in. It's like, Ruth did not marry. No, she didn't. Uh, yeah. This whole family's full circle. fucked up. Yeah. But Roberto, like Nate was saying, would teach Ramirez how to be the best te- peeping Tom in the neighborhood. They would walk around all night peering through the windows of women as they undressed, got out of the shower, slept, <laughs> ate, watched TV. <laughs> Sleeping in the bushes. I, I picture him like, when it first happened, like Richard Mears is running full clip, and, like fucking face first into one of them. Like, look, Richie, they're gonna hear it. You can't be doing it. You can't do that. He would also watch them while they just watch TV, and this became a very quick hobby for Ramirez. Are you serious right now, Cummy Cat? Go. In 1977, Miguel was released from the mental institution and would then accompany Ramirez and Roberto on their nightly gallivants as well. It was the three best friends that anyone could have. I was once a one-man wolf pack. And then- <laughs> that's it. One-man wolf pack. That's going to be it. It's the fucking three amigos from Disney. For real. The three musketeers. The three amigos from Disney rape version. <laughs> Rated R version. Don't sue me, Disney. <laughs> we're sorry. We're sorry. Hey, you can't get blood from a stone, motherfucker. <laughs> So, up to this point, there's lots of family trauma from abuse and neglect to the fusion of sex and violence, witnessing violence, and allowing it to be seen as arousing, intruding people's privacy is is made into a hobby, and all of this has happened by the fresh age of only 13. Fuck yes, like, prime, this, in no way is this prime 
time for your brain to develop Not into a all. functioning adult, socializing <laughs> and learning right from wrong properly and not uh abusing drugs and alcohol and sexually fantasizing about (laughs) raping women i mean i mean come on man not at all by the time that ramirez was 14 he had seen way too much and had been desensitized by too much as well to where he truly knew no bounds and started testing a little bit of everything for instance he had only smoked marijuana up to this point but then he was introduced to hallucinogenics and started doing a lot of LSD, which he would start to use too frequently and start to dabble in alcohol ventures as well, causing probably even more brain damage to him, considering that, again, the frontal lobe is not even fully formed until the age of 21. I don't think he fucking... I don't think he ever rightfully developed. No, not after the head trauma. Fucking head trauma. He just, that brain was bruised. (laughs) He would use drugs and alcohol as a bonding mechanism with him and Miguel and even Roberto, who he truly saw as his idols. These fucking assholes. You know what they were doing personally? That uh, Roberto, Richard, and uh, Miguel. And and, uh, Mikey. Mikey. (laughs) They were circle jerking. Absolutely. Like, hey, you guys want to go skiing? <laughs> it's like, I'll sit in the middle. Oh, my God. Little Mikey, little Rodrigo, little Mikey. My turn, well, my turn. My turn, my turn. They're like, nah, we're nah. not. No, you don't get one. And he's like, ah! You, I always jerk you guys off. You never jerk me not fair. off. Well. <laughs> this mm, is, like, mm. I'm going to go eat more acid. I'm going to go eat more acid. The dragon will jerk me off. <laughs> This is also when he starts to investigate and show interest into Satanism, too. But I want to make, make it very clear right now. He gave a bad name to Satanism. The way he practiced gave the true blue Satan worshippers a bad fucking name. <laughs> I mean, most of the people that said they worshipped Satan gave, <laughs> gave it a, not that it's a good but they gave it a bad name like a, the Chicago Ripper crew they're like yeah. eating cum covered tits <laughs> like what the fuck <laughs> they're just, it's just I, any one of these fucking lunatics that said they fucking worship Satan Anton LaVey is like rolling in his fucking <laughs> grave right now well uh, by the way if you guys didn't know Anton LaVey wrote the satanic bible I didn't hmm? he also played the calliope <laughs> Believe it. Okay. We gotta the do, man of all we, trades. We gotta do one on him. He's a fucking rad dude. I'm down. He was rad. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. He practiced Satanism during the Satanic Panic era, which just made it even worse for everyone who actually did practice Satanism. He didn't practice the art. He just loved to glorify the art and would pretend to be an avid worshiper. He would draw pentagrams on his arms and hands, on the walls of bathrooms, and he claimed that Satan wasn't his god. It was never a phase, Mom! (laughs) Tonight will be the night! (laughs) He claimed that Satan wasn't his god, but instead his friend and partner. Plus! Satan. Plus! It may have been the LSD. Could have been, but... But I'm pretty sure... ACDC was also his favorite band, though. And I want to formally apologize to ACDC because Ramirez was not shy of his love for ACDC. And when he was finally caught, the public tried to freaking blame the band for the crap that Ramirez did. That was like when they tried to blame... This wasn't fair. It's not their fault that someone took TNT and Highway to Hell too fucking seriously. He's like, oh, yeah. I've got big balls! (laughs) You've got big balls! Anyways, when Ramirez reached his adolescence, he began to really show his interest in the BDSM type of porn. He's like, look, I really... I really appreciate it if you would tie a string to my balls and pull it backwards so the string rubs up my ass crack and then wrap it around my throat and then punch me in said balls. <laughs> Are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> it's just funny to me. Blake, like, can, you, why do you need help? You see these dudes like... <laughs> <laughs> these dudes are like, I want you to stomp on my beanbag as hard as you can get. Oh my god! With, with these fucking 16-inch stilettos. Doesn't that hurt? <laughs> so, 
immensely. Do it. <laughs> oh, my, oh, my God. Oh. Uh, by the way, this uh, podcast isn't for children. <laughs> this is a 21 and up podcast, <laughs> we, not even 18. <laughs> we're just getting progressively worse. Wow. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, he was showing interest in the BDSM type of porn and would even dive deep into the darker side of things with uh, intent of murder, rape, and torture, that type of stuff. And started to really find out just how aroused he got by it, too. While he was in school, he got a job at the local Holiday Inn and started to test his waters. Where you going? Going to the Holiday Inn. <laughs> oh, God. You're going to ruin that song. He would use his... The song was ruined the day it was made. <laughs> <laughs> he would use his privileges as a worker there to use pass keys of sleeping guests to sneak in and rob them. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take these underwear, too. <laughs> like, there was also a time... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> his grizzled teeth. He's like, his teeth bother me so much. His fucking They're teeth. disgusting. The fucking floss was fucking... Didn't exist. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. Uh, then this Called is Colgate, motherfucker. <laughs> this is just a... T- uh, a test of the water here for you guys as well this next little bit that i'm about to talk about of some of the stuff that this guy did and this is just some of the minor things so just trigger warning again because this guy is obviously not a fucking good guy so there was also a time someone say the worst i would say the worst i would say uh there was also a time where he trapped two children in an elevator and molested them but was never reported or prosecuted for this act. Hey, you guys want to listen to ACDC? <laughs> <laughs> he would eventually end up being fired from his job after breaking into a hotel room where a husband and wife were. The husband had left to go and run a quick errand, and Ramirez used this to his advantage. He broke into the room and attacked the woman in an attempt to rape her. The husband came back just in time and attacked Ramirez, beating the shit out of this fucker. He beat the f- and Ramirez Dog somehow got away. He okay. <laughs> there was a fucking chance to put this piece of shit away for at least a little bit, mm-hmm. at least a little bit. And they dropped the charges because they lived out of state and they did they didn't want to return to Texas to testify against him. So he was just Scott fucking Scott free. So free. after attempting to molest two children. And attempting to rape this woman in the same fucking hotel that he mm. worked in. You don't shit where you eat, you dumb fuck. And he's like, well, I've been successfully getting away with stealing these crusty old panties that people have been <laughs> taking from prostitutes. Disgusting. And he's like, I've gotten jewelry and panties <clears throat> and alcohol. He's like, you know what? I'm going to step it up and I'm going to try to fuck these kids. And then I'm going to try to rape this woman. And Just want to punch him. And it's not... I don't blame these people. I don't think anybody would. But for fuck's sake, if for real, if you see something, say something, exactly. motherfucker. He got fired from that job, but he didn't get t- put away for any of that fucking shit. He would then soon drop out of Jefferson High School in the ninth grade, and then met a small group of people on vacation in El Paso from California. One and- of them was Donna Myers, who would later become a very close friend. Yeah, and this was. It was the same time that everything. This was the same time as at Kemper and the Hillside Stranglers, and this was once again same time California was murder capital of the world. It was fucking off the charts during this fucking time, and it was progressively getting worse because Kemper was the '70s. This is now the '80s. During the Hillstride Strangle was also during the 70s. It was just getting worse and worse and worse. And shithole California. It was after this meeting with this group of friends and at the age of 22 that Ramirez packed the small number of belongings he had in his little backpack and went to move permanently to the state of California in 1982. Around this time, he also started to dabble in a new drug of choice, which was cocaine. As he said, his likes... <coughs> Just cocaine. Just Nothing cocaine. else, just cocaine. He He's like, mm, should I put rip? <laughs> Dismemberment? Nope. Cocaine. He's like, nah, just cocaine. Just, he uh, was instantly cocaine. hooked. Uh, maybe that's where his fucked up teeth came from. Maybe, probably. I, I mean, I get all... 
Okay. What the fuck was that about? He was instantly hooked to the drug and got so addicted to it, he would even start to mix the cocaine and water and then shoot it up. Fucking Uncle Maxwell's silver hammer coming to the rescue. Good lord. See, Donna Myers became somewhat of a home base for Ramirez once he moved. He would come over randomly to do laundry, watch TV, do drugs, <laughs> yeah, of and eat, and then he would disappear for days and days. She described Ramirez as a thin, shifty-looking man, always wearing black, black shirt, black jeans, dark glasses, and a black baseball cap. He lived off of gas station food. He would frequent he he would frequent at a local fast food. What in the world? Did you just have a, a stroke? stroke? He would frequent at the local fast food joint called Fat Brat. Nice! Ate a shit ton of yogurt and candy, drank tons of soda, and had very poor personal hygiene. So bad that Ramirez suffered from halitosis, which is chronic foul breath. He never brushed his teeth, ever. So if you don't want to look like Ramirez, guys, take care of your oral hygiene. And this is going to be something that comes up a lot later in our part two when we're covering the murders and stuff too. So just hold on to that stanky fact. So up to this point, we have a Ramirez in his younger 20s with a severe drug problem and hygienic issue, moved away from his family in Texas and is now in California and is pretty much living in the Skid Row hotels off and on when he can or house jumping to Donna's while again doing lots and lots of cocaine. But... How does he pay for this coke? By using his jungle training again and breaking into homes of sleeping patrons and robbing them of any money, jewelry, or anything expensive looking that he could find. He's like a raccoon. He was. Like anything silver, he's like, oh, fucking real life. I gotta have that. (laughs) I need shiny. Giving raccoons a bad name, you fuck. For real. Then he'd go and sell it at a local pawn shop and get his drug money or hotel fee. Because of this lifestyle he had chosen, he became what I like to call a mediocre nomad. He traveled between San Francisco and the L.A. County mostly and covered major areas of the northern and southern parts of California. How? Again, jungle training. He used the tips and pointers he had received from his lovely cousin Mikey to hijack cars and would constantly change from stolen car to stolen car. Sealing the deal that he would never be able to be tracked or caught. And this is what would lead to the start of the Night Stalker spree. Do you think he always had, like, CCR playing and says, like, Some folks are home! Man! He's like, Absolutely. Drumming on the steering wheel as he's going. I can't wait to murder and rape. I'm gonna go get some shit. I'm gonna go murder and rape and steal. So again, trigger warning. I wish Mikey was here. I wonder what Roberto's doing. I miss them. Probably. I bet he's. I bet he's looking into a real hot chick's window right now. I wish that was me jerking him. I mean, I wish. I mean, you know what? Next thought. So again. Trigger warning for this guy. If you are not interested in hearing about the gruesome details of what this fucker did, it was great for having you listen this far. Feel free to skip to the end, close out if you'd like, because we are going to cover just a couple of the first murders and assaults he committed before finishing on probably one of my favorite stories, and you'll see why when we get there. So, we're going to start off really strong, too, guys, so I can't stress it enough. It involves children. Yes. So just... Be prepared. And yes. we're going to do another trigger warning, I think, before we do our intro like we did before. Yeah. Because he he needs it. He's so fucked up. So, okay. Strap in. On April 10th of 1984, nine-year-old Chinese-American Mei Lung was looking for a $1 bill she had dropped on the ground when Ramirez approached her. He told her maybe the bill was blown into the house from the wind and she could come look. And the little girl innocently agreed. It was... His fucking... And it was... I want to punch him so hard. Granted, it was a child, but he was like, Yeah, the wind blew it into the house. Yeah, just come on. He lured her down to the basement where he attacked her. He beat, strangled, and raped her, and then brutally stabbed her with a switchblade that he had in his pocket until she was dead. 
After she had passed, oh, I want to punch him so hard. I hate this guy. Ramirez then took her blouse and hung her partially nude body from a pipe in the basement with it. And this would become the first attack of his spree, but he would not be linked to it until 2009 when a DNA sample matched him to the scene. Which is fucking unfortunate because a year later... He fucking died. A year later. Spoiler alert. Yeah, that and a year... in 1984, I don't think DNA testing came out to 85 or 86. Yeah. And, you know, uh, fuck this. I'm not blaming them. But the cops could have been like, well, let's fucking, we have this new sort of testing. Let's try to put this piece of they shit for fucking ever. Like, oh, yeah, no, you know, 15 counts is enough. Or 14, whatever he was fucking eventually convicted of. And the most heinous, murder's bad, rape is fucking bad, but the most fucking heinous crime of all time that you could do is against a fucking child i don't give a fuck who you are you're and we fucking god this fucking angers me it angers me so so fucking much much because even now it's even worse we let these fucking pieces of shit sit in prison protected and don't do anything fucking about it while we're paying for them to be fucking protected when they should be out in general public getting the dog shit fucking kicked out of them every fucking minute of every day. Mm. We should do like Russia does and chemically castrate these fucking assholes or just fucking murder them. One bullet costs less than it does to let them sit in fucking prison for a day. You know how much money we could save? And I'll fucking harvest their organs. I fucking said it last time. I know. I was just about to bring up your rant. Motherfucker, man. <laughs> this, it, this shit really, really fucking upsets me. I want to kick him in his useless ass, fu- That's what I'm ass saying. fucking I wish teeth, I could fucking give me... I'll pay $100 per lottery ticket to throw a rock at these douchebags' faces, <laughs> dude. And just bludgeon them. They deserve... Yes. Just fucking like... A, what is, oh, you know what we should also do? We should fucking... I said it the other day. We we take a piece of PVC pipe and we feed it up their assholes. Oh my god! And then, and then when the fucking PVC pipe is nice and inside their asshole to the maximum depth that your colon can get before it would actually kill you, we fish razor wire in there. And then we pull out... Then we pull out the fucking PVC pipe and we... We yanked that fucking razor wire as if it was the last motor that was going to get us back to fucking shore. Oh my... Are you okay? I fucking oh hate God. these people. My my butt hurts a little bit now. <laughs> I fucking hate these people. Not going to lie. Okay, so and that was just the first one that he committed. So just imagine... I'm going to come up with more ways to fucking kill pedophiles, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have them for part two. God damn. Now, he had a small cool-off period, and then on June 28th of 1984, his spree took off again. On this night, Ramirez broke into the home of 79-year-old Jenny Vincal. Again, children and elderly. Why the fuck? Why the fuck are you attacking because them? Because he's a, he's a coward. He's a Ugh. weak piece of shit coward he popped out a window screen and climbed through the window at the dead of night jenny was asleep in her bed when ramirez entered the house and looked for valuables to take when he discovered that jenny didn't have much it enraged him and he attacked the sleeping jenny he beat her savagely slashed her throat so deeply she was nearly decapitated from the cut Her body was found the next day by her son, Jack Fincow, which could you imagine? Could you imagine? That's fucking devastating. Like your mom's only 70, like she's 79 years old, man. And have her ripped from you like that? Like, fuck this guy. After this kill, Ramirez went dormant. He didn't do anything to bring any attention to him for nine months. A very long hibernation period. But that came to a screeching halt on March 17th of 1985. This is going to be our last one for the night. And one of my favorites. This is Ramirez. Oh, this yeah. is Ramirez. Right, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to be so hyped during this one. So I'm sorry in advance, guys. Because it's fucking tragic. But like it's, this woman was badass, too. So, on this night... 22-year-old Maria Hernandez was driving into the garage of her apartment in Rosemead, California. She parked her car in the garage and started to walk up to the door that led to the inside of the house. As she locked the, unlocked the door, 
she heard an intentional rustle behind her. She turned around to see a man dressed in all black with a black ACDC ball cap and dark sunglasses standing in her garage with a gun pointed straight at her. And that man was Richard Ramirez. She raised her hands in an attempt to either surrender or shield her face when she heard the gunfire. But here's the twist. As the gun fired and Maria held her hands up, her keys were looped around her finger in such a way the bullet ricocheted off her key and missed her. He, I think he's like fucking most of these people. He's like a cheap 22. Oh. You know, something that's not going to fucking... This bad bitch. This, I, this bad bitch. <laughs> this bad bitch. <laughs> Somehow this bad bitch was able to still keep a level head on her and instincts kicked in to where she dropped to the ground as if the bullet had in fact struck her, where she laid for a few moments. Ramirez stepped over her and entered the home. Unfortunately, Maria's roommate, 34-year-old Dale Okazaki, was inside putting groceries away when she heard the gunfire. And this is, this is a heartbreaking part. She ducked behind the kitchen counter and waited. When she thought the coast was clear, she put her hands on the counter and lifted her head over to peek into the room, where Ramirez was just standing there, waiting with the gun pointed straight at her on the other side of the counter. Dale was shot point blank in the face and died instantly. Now Maria, who was still laying in the garage, heard the shot and remembered that Dale was inside. Not wanting to go through the garage door in hopes of eluding the intruder, she ran around to the front door. As Maria reached out to open the door, <clears throat> the door was opened by Ramirez and they locked eyes. He came around the fucking front where she she tried to go around the back and he she came down the alleyway to go through the front thinking she he was going to follow through the back and he was like, hello there. They locked eyes, and as Maria held I bet up, he was just as surprised. He was! Like, oh, like, oh, I thought I fucking killed you. He's like, zombie! <laughs> <laughs> Maria held her hands up and said, quote, You already shot me once. Do you really need to do it again? This bad bitch. This bad bitch! <laughs> she's like, like, oh! She's like, come on! It hurt, <laughs> it hurt <laughs> come the on, first man. time! She's like, come on! Ramirez didn't reply, but instead jumped over the railing and ran from the scene, agreeing that once was enough and disappeared back into the darkness. <laughs> it was fucking, what a piece of dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> now that's all we're gonna do for part one what tonight. A coward. I know, but I feel like that was a good cliffhanger to leave you guys with for starting go to go into part two. So that's where we're gonna stop for tonight. We still have a lot to cover. We're going to go through logistics and numbers and stuff like that as well. So you can really get kind of the full picture of just how malicious this guy really was. So also next week we are going to be doubling up and we're going to be recording part two. And then we're also going to be doing a chili crawlers episode for you guys, which we're going to do on the Netflix miniseries that was released the sins of our mother and Lori vallow Lori vallow fucking p and chad uh day daybell chad daybell fuck them and the fucking the goddamn uh the her brother alex alex fuck them his, fuck all of him them. and his fucking catfish eyes <laughs> fucking douchebag so we're gonna be doing both of those and i think we might actually treat you guys and drop them both maybe at the same time so you have a little bit to binge for us hell yeah so we're gonna do that uh, um oh, goodness god good. we have part two coming again it'll be on our normal schedule so there's that if you have a chili recipe that you want to send in, please do so at caseofthecreeps at gmail.com. Oh, we're going to feed you baby birds. <laughs> oh, the flock is getting taken care of. We are also, again, we're doing our second live event on October 22nd at 8 p.m. So make sure that you RSVP. Let us know that you're going to be there. We're super excited to have it for you guys. Make we sure love it. It was fucking so much fun last time. It was. It was such a great time. So that's why we hey, felt. Get up the wires. It was time to. Fucking communist. <laughs> we felt it was time to bring it to everyone, not just the VIPs. But if you are in our private Facebook group, 
you will get the chance to vote on the topic that we will be covering. We will be covering in the live event. So make sure you do join us on Facebook at Case of the Creeps Podcast. Find our password, agree to the rules, and join our creepy side. Follow us on Instagram at Case of the Creeps Podcast. Send us in your stuff for your giveaway, either your fan art, Halloween decorations, or invite members to the Facebook group. You can send in your submissions to caseofthecreeps at gmail.com. Other than that, I think that's it for right now. Yeah, I think that's it. So we hope you creeps keep it creepy. I'm Katie. And I'm going to go do some more (laughs) (laughs) magazine quizzes. (laughs) Until next time. Uh, We hope you creeps keep it real. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Bye. Bye.